welcome to the Loose Lips Coaching Panel Podcast. I'm Karen Dyer, Self-Empowerment Coach. I'm Linda Archer, Breakup and Divorce Coach. And I'm Nina Kundi, The Relationship Coach. And welcome to our Loose Lips podcast this afternoon. I am so excited. Not only do I get to spend time with my gorgeous Linda, as you well know, we've known each other for around about 16 months now, but I have another special friend of mine with us today by the name of Sylvia. And Sylvia has been working with me over the last three or four months. And again, we have gained an amazing friendship and an amazing bond. So welcome to our podcast, Sylvia. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Lovely, warm. Welcome to you. Sylvia, you are from Florida, which is fantastic. And can I just say, guys, when we do our Zoom calls, quite often you will find Sylvia in her pool, which makes Nina really, really jealous. But Sylvia, just tell everybody, tell all of our our raving fans out there what it is that you do. I am originally from Poland, but I live in States and I've been in Florida for over 15 years. And I am an elementary school teacher but I'm also a behavior strategist coach. And I help parents navigate the chaos of parenting to create awesome little humans. So this became my big goal a while ago. And especially right now, um, since we're still dealing with uh, Corona, I had so many parents that reach out to me for help because they literally didn't know what to do with the kids when they were locked out at home and the children were not attending school. Yeah, I can imagine. And to be fair, I'm very blessed, as you all know, that I have a 20 year old and I dread to think, you know, because so many parents, my hats go off. And even Linda, you've got little ones at home. Well, little-ish. It has been hard work, hasn't it, for the parents out there over the last 18 months? Yeah, and I think even just missing their transition, like my youngest daughter transitioned from primary school to secondary school without any transition and all of that time off and, you know, not making solid friendship groups and that had a massive big impact on her mental health. So, yeah. So, Sylvia, what got you into actually becoming a coach? Well, for the past 15 years, when I was teaching elementary school in the state of Florida, I had so many parents that reach out to me daily for advice, what to do with the kids when they were struggling with some behavior or they couldn't achieve their goal at school with their academics. And I learned one thing that I could make a huge change in a child's life when I was closely cooperating with the parents and we were on the same page and we became a team. So we both understood each other's needs and the child's need and expectations at school. And we created a basic plan together to make sure that they can achieve their academic success. And it's very important that parents understood that, unfortunately, we can't do any of that if there is a behavior in a way. Once we were able to give the kids the tools and the parents the tools, how to put the structure in a child's day, how to have a very clear expectations and have consequences, positive and negative in place. That made a huge change in a child's life. And I got so many children that became so successful. So very quickly in my career, I, I understood that I have to be on the same page with the parents. It takes a village sometimes to make a little change. But yeah. once you understand that, this was the key to success. 
this is not just about the academic side of it, is it? So even though you are a teacher, you're kind of like a super nanny, aren't you? Where you work with the parents to solve the behavior of the children at home, which then in turn impacts obviously the behavior that you're then seeing within the classroom or within the grades of these little people. And I love the fact that you create awesome little humans. I think that is amazing. <laughs> it's beautiful. So what got you into teaching in the first place? Well, uh, since I was a little girl, I always want to be a teacher. I had two younger brothers. They're six and seven years younger. And my mom worked at preschool and I always play school with them. So I was a teacher. <laughs> And they're my students. And then later on, you know, I had to help them so much with the homework and any kind of schoolwork. And I was just very passionate about it when I saw their success. And, you know, being able to help people was always my big passion. So I graduated from university in Poland with a master's degree in teaching. And then I came to States just for like six months to visit my family. And 20 years later, I'm still here. So I had to, you know, overcome a lot of challenges to become a teacher here in the state of Florida. I had to go back to school for a little bit. Then I got my certification and I was able to teach elementary school. I actually had a chance to work in a private sector. I know children from all walks of life, from a very, very wealthy families to the children that live in a very, very high poverty level. I work in elementary school that was number six in the state, and I worked in one of the lowest school in the state. So I know both worlds and I understand the needs of the students. I also work in a community with a high Hispanic and there was a language barrier, which was also close to me because I, when I first came to state, my English was not that great. So I knew how it feels when you come to school and you can't speak language. One year I had 10 students. When they came to school, there was only one word they knew in English, it was bathroom. That's the thing they will teach them for the basic needs. So it was a very interesting year for one year, having 10 students that spoke Spanish and I didn't speak one word in Spanish except for hola. So that was, you know, so many challenges that I had, but actually, you know, I live for a challenge because that makes me better. That makes me look for new strategies. So absolutely, that's something that I've been passionate about. I can hear your passion through that. I was just wondering how your colleagues in the school respond to you. Well, I happen to be a team leader for the past few years. This year, I changed the county. I came to a different school because they actually closed down my department. So I was in search of a job. But for the past three years or four years, I was a team leader because I always wanted to better myself, always look for new tools, always love to help other teachers as well, find new strategies and collaborate and find solution. Because usually when one thing doesn't work, we have to come up with a new idea. I also had a mentor, Ms. Ginny, who has been mentoring for over 10 years. She recently retired, but she's been teaching for 38 years. And there is a question that I have. There was not even one time that she wouldn't have an answer. So I always have somebody that I can reach out to who's been professional and knows all the answers. That's awesome. Absolutely. And it's really, really good because when you think about what it is that you're doing, as human beings and as adults, we still need that person to reach out to so that we know what our boundaries are and what we can and we can't achieve. And obviously changing our behavior so that we can then 
be the best of the best and, and have our self-development. So it's really, really crucial, isn't it? Because if we can install this into the children when they are younger, hopefully it's going to make a dramatic change to their lives and encourage them to continue this into their adulthood. Would you think that was a good strategy to do? Absolutely. And it's like younger they are and more options you give them and tools so they can, I would say, self-control <laughs> because it's like, you know, just teaching them from very young age how to just stay in their space because when they're in a classroom, they're in a larger group and some of them have never been at school before. So you have to create the structure, you have to create the schedule and you have to make sure that they are part of it. And I always recommend the same thing for the parents when I work with parents, what they do at home. When they create schedule, it has to be done together with a child. Because when you just write something down and you put an oh, here you go, this is what we're going to do. They don't feel like they're a part of it and they don't own that. If you will create the schedule, let's say this is Monday to Friday, our schedule. We have to wake up at this time. We have to brush our teeth, have our clothes ready and everything else we need to do in the morning before we go to school. If you do it together with them by asking questions, they come up with a the solution themselves. This is when they're in charge and they feel like, oh, I got it. And then they own it and they want to be responsible for that. They want to be proud of themselves. And they say, mommy, I got it today. Daddy, look at me. I got my clothes laid out. I got my toothbrush ready for tomorrow morning. Those little steps that create their habits later. For the first 30 years of your life, we create habits. And for the next 30 years in our lives, habits create us. I'm just going to throw you in the deep end now, Sylvia, only because Sylvia actually went out there, guys, and she's been rolling out some tips on Facebook, on Instagram. You can also find her on TikTok as well, which is awesome. Can you share your story of sleep? The one that you did with the video with the fish, just because I know our readers would absolutely love to be able to take away a little tip today. And then if they want to connect with you, Sylvia, we'll drop all of the links down there so that they can come to you. I know there's a lot of our readers that struggle with trying to get them to sleep in their own bedroom. Yes, absolutely. I love that story because I actually had so many parents that came to me over years complaining that they just don't know how to get the kids to sleep in their own bedroom. So there is a very simple solution for that that worked like a charm for years. But first of all, you have to diagnose what is the reason why they don't want to sleep in their bed. So usually there's two reasons. One of them is they are really scared. And the second one is they're just crossing boundaries and they wanna see how far they can go. So they will climb up even to your bedroom. And one of the solutions that I've tried years ago was for the kids that were really scared. It's like, you know, you can put little light or, you know, some parents said they try even music, nature, noises and stuff like that, but it didn't work. What I've learned during the years is the children will feel safe when they have a little company in their room. And for example, fish tank with a little fish or several of them will work like a charm because it usually has a little light. The fish, when they swim, they calm you down. Everybody loves to watch them. They are easy maintenance. So children also learn how to be responsible for something that's alive in their room. I wouldn't recommend, for example, hamster or any other animal like that because they're nocturnal, so they will be running all night long and they will wake up the child. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that it's something that's very quiet so fish doesn't make a noise. 
it's calming and it just worked in so many cases so well, especially when you go to the store with a child and you let them pick the fish. And let's say if they have their favorite cartoon, I don't know, maybe SpongeBob, maybe cars, and they can get little pineapple or cars that goes inside of the tank. You know, this brings so much joy. And it's just like, I don't want to sleep with mom anymore. And dad, I'm like the big boy, big girl. I want to watch my fish. I want to feed my fish. I want to be responsible. And that's how simple it was. You know, it's a little bit different when they're trying to cross the boundaries. Then you have to recognize that. And sometimes we can use something called gradual release. If they're crossing boundaries, you just have to be very strict. I'm sorry, but that's going to end. And starting today, we're going to do this and that. Absolutely, fish tank helps. If they are really, really scared for the gradual release, I would recommend putting a little cot or the blankie on the bottom of your bed and just gradually move them farther and farther away from your bed until they make it to their bedroom. <laughs> So yes, this is actually absolutely wonderful thing. And I, like I said, over the years, I had so many parents that came to me and asked about it and tried. And I cannot count how many thank you notes I got for that. <laughs> That's wonderful. And can you imagine, Linda, how exciting is that for a child when you think about it? So you're going to take this child off to the pet store. You're going to get them a little tank with a fish, with a SpongeBob, and then it is about them taking ownership, isn't it? And I think because it's so new and it's exciting, they don't really want to leave the poor little fish in the room on its own. So they want to then become the protector of the fish, which in a great way, they're getting over that fear then because they have then something that they need to look after and not the other way around, which I just love that story, Sylvia. Thank you so much for sharing. It's amazing. That. I know people who are going to jump on that. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Definitely. Like, this is you teaching the kids responsibility. They know there's something else there. Of course, you have to uh, clean the fish tank. It's not a big responsibility like having a, a dog or a cat, and it's not very expensive. So that's another tip. And, you know, there are some parents that have dogs and they let the children sleep with dogs cats and stuff like that so you know you name it it depends on your level of connection but you know fish tank was the easy maintenance and brought so much peace and the kids felt safe and they just by watching fish it's so calming yeah in a relaxing mode and then you fall asleep in your own bed <laughs> and I think, amazing i think really it's like it goes back to that mentality of counting sheep doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? And you count the sheep and you're supposed to picture the sheep jumping over the fence and you count them. But then watching a fish circle around the tank, it is going to make you, you know, go into that calm, well, quite dozy, really, you know, so that you do get tired, which is awesome. So, Guys, it is brilliant. A little tip there for you. So if you are struggling to get your little one to stay in their own bedroom, then it might be worth a visit to the pet shop and investing in a little fish, a little Nemo. Go and find a little Nemo and then it's going to keep everybody at bay. How exciting is that? So Sylvia, where can these guys find you? Yes, we're going to drop the link later to my Facebook page. My name is Sylvia Konopko, and I also started to do videos on TikTok because mm -hmm. I know we have a younger audience there, and there's a lot of parents that are looking actually for tips on TikTok as well. And I'm starting also to add more value on uh, Instagram. 
brilliant. And yeah, we will drop the links in. That's absolutely awesome. And if, let's say, a parent was to come and connect with you, what would be the process? So what kind of packages do you offer? Is it like a three-month package or courses or what can they get? So, yeah, it depends, of course, on the situation. You know, I recently had a post about tech tantrums and I had some parents reach out to me and ask uh, questions. This one lady said, you know, I don't really have any behavior issue with my child, but, you know, he seems to be like a little bit obsessed with technology. So it depends what it is. There are some mm-hmm. things that are a little bit more complicated and there are some things that need a little bit more time to help the parents and the child. So it depends. I have a three-month program, six-month programs, 12 months. You know, I had another parent reach out to me a while ago, and there were some other issues that were a little bit more concerning with the behavior that included hitting, kicking people, and not following in directions. That's getting harder and harder once you enter the school. Certain things, I believe, can be solved within three months. Some of the things... I know it's going to take a little bit longer and it's going to take a village. So then I would recommend definitely six to 12 months, depending on a child. But definitely when we have a first conversation, I would like to find out as much as I can about the child Mm -hmm. and what we need to help them with. And absolutely, you know, then together with the parents, we create a plan that will support the child in the best way. And then we will get on a weekly calls. Brilliant. Well, I just think it's absolutely awesome what you are doing out there, darling. You know, we really do need to nurture the relationships that we have with our youngsters. I had my son when I was 22 years old and my son, as you all know, has ADHD. And as much as I went on an ADHD course and I had some support, there wasn't a massive amount of support out there. And I had to do a lot of trial and error, which took a long, long time in order for me to put boundaries in for Mason then to create that good behavior so that he was okay in school and academic. So I just think from a person that hasn't had that support, I love the fact that you are out there supporting all of these parents. And I just think, well done you, this is brilliant. And there's so many people out there that kind of set behaviors and then realize it's the wrong direction to go in and have no clue how to change it. So I just want to say thank you so much, Sylvia, for sharing this time with me. Any last thoughts, Linda, before we go? I just think it's been um, really, really useful to listen to you and know that you're putting stuff on TikTok and just like the village strategy that everyone needs to be involved with child rearing and things like that. It's just been amazing to have you on, Sylvia. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the invitation. I appreciate it. So much fun to chat with you. Oh, this is the thing though. It's like, you know, we are just normal ladies and we are out there serving as many people and impacting as many lives as we possibly can. So just for everybody out there, much love to you all. And remember, keep being awesome. The Loose Lips Coaching Panel Podcast.